Hey, all you warriors of the heart out there. This is Amanda Grownie, and I am here with Jamie Monahan. And we are so excited to be with you guys today. Um, so we had a request from one of our listeners to talk a little bit more in depth about um, being, you know, because we talked on our last podcast, we talked about, we got, we, we kind of skimmed the surface of being and expectations and stuff like that. And so we're going to go a little bit more in depth about, about being. And so I'm just speaking from my experience and um, when it comes to being and being in, being in the state of being, there has to be a, a willingness to feel. So there has to be a willingness to feel whatever comes up in the reality that we're in. Because when we're not in a state of being, usually we are um, kind of, uh, we're kind of in our heads, you know, we're in our heads, we're in the future, we're in the past, and we're not grounded right here in the present moment. And so in my experience, I've had to learn how to feel whatever comes up with whatever situation is going on uh, around me. And a lot of times in the human, ex- in my experience, and I believe that as human beings, we have this like almost this kind of state of um, <clears throat> inner like almost an inner tension. Like there's, as in, as a human being, we have this like inner tension, inner anxiety um, inside of us. And some of us have it stronger than others. And I think that a lot of times we, we, we resist that. We don't want to feel that inner tension, that inner angst. And so what we do is we constantly reach outside of ourselves. We reach outside of ourselves so we don't have to feel that. And we don't, and we reach and we put ourselves in the future or we're thinking about something we should have done, you know, in the past and we're not, we're not grounded into the present moment uh, right now. And so what I've had to learn to do is to be with that inner discomfort, to be with that inner angst, to be okay in that space of the unknown, of not knowing. Because what happens is when when we ground into being, when we allow ourselves to you know, let go or when we allow ourselves not to react from that, it's almost some kind of can feel like an inner panic sometimes. And sometimes it's worse than other times. But when we allow ourselves to feel that, we realize that it's temporary if we feel it. It doesn't control us. So if we allow that ourselves to just be and feel that, uh, inner that inner angst that inner panic we're we're so much more able to access the state of that state we have animals around here we I just have a cat jump on my lap <laughs> this is great so we have a cat jump on my lap we have three dogs it's beautiful no it's beautiful I love it so I forgot where I was so when we allow ourselves to feel that inner angst or that inner panic, it releases little by little by little, that inner panic, that inner angst, 
those sensations and those feelings, what a lot of it is fear and it's control. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fear and it's control. And we allow ourselves just to feel that we're able to be in the moment and we're able to move through this world with a sense of calm, a calmness and a sense of ease. Because I know for me what happens is I get in my head that something like a specific outcome needs to happen. And I'm fearful that this outcome isn't going to happen. And it's all about control because in my human mind, this there, this needs to happen. And so there's this gripping. And if I can just come back. So a lot of times I need to focus as well. So I use my focus, my focus as my breath. So if I feel that I am letting that inner panic, that inner anxiety run my life and run my behavior and I'm my I'm not grounded here my mind's kind of going a mile a minute and I'm eating fast and I'm scanning things fast and I'm checking things fast and I'm I'm just trying to do everything fast what I do is I I come back to my breath and I close my eyes just for a second and I just breathe and I say okay let me just come back right here right now and ground myself into this present moment and feel this panic that's going on inside of me. And so I've had to do that. Um, really, I've practiced doing that for some years now. And I'm nowhere near being an expert at it at all. Um, but again, it's all about being willing to feel that hu- the human the human discomfort to feel the raw human experience and it can be really uncomfortable at times it really can and I I have mentioned this before I went to um I I do these 10-day silent meditation retreats they're called vipassana meditation retreats and I went my first one was the most profound one you know that I've been to and let me tell you what, I had to sit with everything, everything that I've always ran from, everything, all of the feelings, all of the sensations, all of the thoughts, all of the pain, I had to sit with it without using any of my crutches to take me away from it. And it was pretty, it was an extraordinary experience. It was a painfully beautiful experience. It really was. But at the end of it, for a good week, I was in a state of, um, and I wish I, I would, I would explain it as samadhi. So in yoga, samadhi is kind of like a state of bliss, you know, a state of pure, just being, just bliss. And I would explain it like I was just my soul. I was just like the observer of my experience for a good week. I had no thoughts going on in my head. I was not in the future. I was not in the past. I was doing what I was doing right there, right then. And I had no expectations of any outcome. None, you know, of trying, like we talked about last week, of trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I was just right here, right now, in joy, in myself, enjoying myself. I was in joy in myself, but I got there 
because I was willing to walk through and to face that discomfort. That discomfort that I always ran from. And especially the the discomfort of the unknown. Because once you release, once you release expectations and once you release and let go of control of whatever, you're, you're in this space of like the void and you're in the space of not knowing. And that can be a little bit scary because the mind wants to know. The brain wants to know. We want to know what's going to happen, how we're going to plan, how we're going to do this, how we're going to do that. It's, that's habitual. Mm-hmm. And so when we don't have that, panic and fear start to happen. And then that's just another layer that we sit with and we move through. And, we, and it, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper because I'll tell you guys, this journey doesn't stop. This journey of being, it doesn't stop. It's continuous. But we just go deeper and deeper and deeper, layer after layer. Um, Jamie. Yeah, you know, um, just hearing everything that you had to share with it, I feel like my journey of being has just really begun. Um, after doing some reflection and self-study on what do I want my word of the year to be, it was very interesting to see the word being pop up and my thoughts and perceptions on what being is and means to me has really changed since I've begun to talk about what being means and hear others' perceptions and, and practice what being is and, and also understand that being is an action word, right? It's a verb. It has ing at the end. Have you, have you thought about that? Being. And for me, I've had to really understand what being is by also understanding what the word doing is and that when I am being, I'm letting go of doing and when I'm doing, I'm not being. And so for me, I've had to l- look at myself more closely and acknowledge what doing is so I can be more understanding of what being is. So I had to look at the opposites, Amanda. And I really feel like what I have to share runs parallel to what you've shared, but maybe in a little bit different words. So for example, um, I love to set goals for myself and I love to create to-do lists. And I really thought being at first was enjoying checking those items off the list and being in bliss as I exercised or meal planned. (laughs) But what I realized was, is all of those are doing because I'm accomplishing something. I'm checking it off. And I have to create space in my life for being, which means stepping away from the to-do list and it, and in a sense, doing act, not doing activities, let me take a step back, but being in a way where I'm not feeling guilty because I'm not doing, um, being able to sit outside. And I know I mentioned this last week, but really observing my backyard scenery, which is a preserve and it's beautiful and just allowing myself to be there in that moment and allow those emotions to arise like you had mentioned and whatever comes up just to let come up without thinking about the past or the future but just enjoying the space that I'm in or at the same time whatever discomfort comes up just allowing it to be there and not trying to do something to pretend it's not there 
Oh, yeah, that was oh, good. and I let me tell you, I oh, oh my, my mom and dad have always told me I burn the candles at both ends. Oh, my for my whole life, I feel like I am not successful unless I am doing, yeah. I am not successful unless I have accomplished X, Y, and Z. But my idea of success is changing, Amanda. Yeah, it's it's finding that balance of it's okay to do. Because those do get me closer to my goals. But at the same time, how can I start to bring in more being? And right now I'm reading this book called The 12-Week Year. Oh, it's so good. Woo! Mm-hmm. And one of the paragraphs, the break, the 12-Week Year is written by Brian Moran. I hope I pronounced that correct. And he even wrote today that we need to schedule breakout blocks. And it says that one of the key factors contributing to performance plateaus is the absence of free time. Very often, entrepreneurs and professionals get caught up in working longer and harder, but this approach kills your energy and enthusiasm. To achieve greater results, what's often necessary is not actually working more hours, which I am so guilty of, but rather taking some time away from work. It's not by chance that people often quote the famous proverb, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. (laughs) (laughs) So when we don't take off time from work, we can lose lose our creative edge. So I read that this morning and it really resonated with me. The importance of taking time to just go to the dog park with the dogs and, and, and doing it not because I'm trying to create an action step to my one of my goals but just to create that time in my day where I'm just being there's no expectations or sitting outside on my back patio or even believe it or not just even just playing video games sometimes it's just nice just to do something that there are no expectations and I'm not saying playing video games is something that I do on a daily basis, but there's something about just allowing something else to create some space. So afterwards you can acknowledge the feelings that come up or be more present for what it is that we're trying to push away. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that was good. Definitely. Yep. Being more present for what I'm trying to push away because I am yeah. so good. I'm so good at pushing. Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. You know, I have pushed away. Um, I spent a good majority of my life pushing away discomfort, pushing away pain, numbing myself. You know, mm-hmm. whatever that, whatever it was—drugs, alcohol, relationships, uh, food, eating disorder. I mean, you name it. I used it to try to to not feel that that pain that's underneath the surface to not feel that what comes with the human experience and um you know the buddha says that all suffering comes from attachment and and or you know craving or aversion so all suffering comes from craving or aversion. Either I'm craving something, you know, I'm craving something to be a certain way. I'm craving 
um, a specific outcome. I'm craving a specific feeling. I'm craving something or I have aversion to something. I don't like something. I don't want it this way. I don't want it to be that way. I don't like the way I'm feeling. So all suffering comes from attachment to that craving or to that aversion. And so when we can just kind of detach from that and just let things be as they are Mm -hmm. instead of, oh, I want this, oh, I want that, just allowing things to just flow or instead of saying, oh, I don't like it this way, I don't like it that way and just allowing it to be what it is and knowing that all is well in this universe, there is so much less, there's no suffering when we're able to do that. Because if you think about it, you know, I spent my life wanting to control everything, wanted to control, because I was, and I didn't even know I was doing it, because it becomes such a habit for me, you know? (laughs) Yes, I remember when I was called a control freak, Amanda, and I was like, what? Not me? Oh, no way, no way. And then I was like, oh shit, I do. I control. Yeah. I'm totally guilty of a con- yeah. of being a, a huge control freak, and I just I know I I I I'm become more aware and more aware of the more I meditate and the more I self study, you know, and um, oh gosh, I lost my train of I lost my train of thought with that. Oh no. But being, but being a con, being uh, a control freak and thinking that I need to control everything or there needs to be a specific outcome. If you think about it, and Marianne Williamson talks about this, mm-hmm. how <clears throat> an embryo is not worrying about if it's going to be how it's going to be a, become a baby. You know, it's not worrying yes. about oh I need to you know grow these arms or grow these legs. Yes. You know, there are there are two people that take action. To create that, you know, that that embryo to come about. But once that process has been has taken place, I mean, we don't worry, you know, we don't how is this gonna happen? How is this gonna how is this gonna be created? The oak tree doesn't worry about the seed of an oak tree doesn't worry about becoming an oak tree. It just grows. Flowers just grow. Think grass just grows. Things just grow. Things just evolve and they happen exactly the way they're supposed to. Doesn't doubt itself. Right, it doesn't doubt itself and it it doesn't doubt the flow of the universe. Mm-hmm. Right? So that how can we get into that? How can we flow, you know, downstream with that thought instead of flowing upstream, I have to control this, I have to control that. We have to jump in and just flow flow with the current, which is downstream. I agree. You know? And I mean, it goes back to what you were saying earlier, the the best way for me to feel when I'm thinking upstream thoughts is if I can tune in to my inner environment. And if I'm feeling overwhelmed or my stress is high or I'm feeling tension, right? That's an opportunity to step back and say, what's going on? Am I gripping tight somewhere in my life? And where can I loosen that grip and step back? Yeah, exactly. I am totally totally with you and you know i physically can feel the like the gripping in my body so in meditation you know i can feel if i'm gripping or not and you know over the past 12 years or almost 12 years that i've been in this deep on the spiritual journey deeply 
it's been a process of just a, a letting go of that gripping, slowly letting go of that gripping, and it happens physically uh, for me as well. And I, you know, I do want to mention like when it comes to being, it doesn't mean that we're not going to feel, you know, and when we are able to be in that state of being, it doesn't mean that difficult emotions aren't going to come up or difficult feelings aren't going to come up or difficult situations, you know, aren't going to rise. It just means that we're going to, that we're going to be able to be the observer of that. We're going to be able to be the seer of this experience instead of becoming the experience. Mm. So we're going to be able to step back. So when you want to be in that get, when you want to be in the state of being, you step back and you become the observer of whatever comes up. So you observe the sadness, you observe the grief, you observe the fear, you observe whatever's coming to the surface. You just step out of you step out of it and you and you watch it and when we're able to do that again because the human experience there it's going to be pain it's inevitable but there doesn't have to be suffering and this and when 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 we become the fear when we become the sadness when we become all of that that's when we suffer but if we're able to step out of it and watch it, yes, we might feel pain, but eventually it, it, it's temporary. And, and, it, and if we observe it enough, it dissipates and it becomes less and less and we grip less and less. So, you know, being for me has been just a journey of learning how to be the observer of my experience instead of being all the stories I tell myself <laughs> about the experience, you know, yeah. just observing the reality of what is uh-huh. instead of trying to create my own yeah. reality and becoming attached to what I think the reality should be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. anything else you got, Jamie? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I resonate with, with everything that you're saying. And, you know, on a personal note, um, I can reflect back to when my husband and I wanted to start a family and the idea of how we were going to start a family. I had certain expectations. I had this way of controlling how it was going to be and when it was going to happen. And, oh, Amanda, I mean, we we just had everything planned out and year after year, right, expectations aren't met. We're still controlling the situation, thinking that the way that we're going to create a family, there's only one way to do that. And I wanted to share briefly that when we opened our hearts to adoption, the, the, the more opportunities for creating a family became present. So I wanted to share that as a way of when we stepped back and became the observer and let go of control, it was beautiful to see how many opportunities there yes. were. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, because that's what happens. Yes. That's what happens when we let go of the grip of control and allow the universe to do its thing. It's amazing. 
It really is. And, you know, I just, a tool to help you guys, uh, a couple of tools to help you guys. You know, I, I strongly recommend meditating, um, even if it's just to start with three minutes in the morning and three minutes at night. That's it. Just start somewhere. Three minutes in the morning, three minutes at night. Start with observing your breath going in and out of your nose and then observe your hands and your fingers. And you're, you do those live meditations yeah. as well. Yep, yep. And I do live meditations. Or they're not live anymore. They're recorded, but I do them on Facebook. Yeah. And just just come to your breath and then observe your hands and your fingers and your feet and your toes. And do that back and forth, hands, fingers, feet, toes for three minutes and then end with, with your breath and do that at night. You know, that's an amazing tool to use and throughout the day as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you start feeling yourself getting agitated, if you start, if you, if you notice you're eating really fast or if you notice that you're not reading a full text, you're just scanning. If you know, right, I do it. I do it. I do it. I do. I do it too. I know. <laughs> if you notice that just you have that inner angst that's going and it's pretty strong, even though you feel like it's so difficult to stop and pull yourself back, just do it and close your eyes for like one minute yeah. and just feel it. Allow yourself to feel the inner angst and just observe your breath as you're allowing yourself to feel it. Use these tools. And I want to add on to that, Amanda, because I res- I just totally resonated with what you just said. And sometimes I find for myself, I have to take baby steps. So when I find that I'm overwhelmed, right? Either I'm at work or I'm at home and I just kind of start to feel myself spinning. Um, Sometimes I can't immediately like go to that place of being. So it might be walking into the room when no one's there or just stepping outside and putting my feet into the grass or or putting myself in a place where it gives me the opportunity to maybe kind of tap in and tune in. Um, But it's those baby steps that I have to take because if I don't, I don't get there and then I beat myself up for it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I totally relate. And we think, we think, oh, when we think about meditating, oh, it's a whole big thing and I have to do it for 30 minutes and I have to do this and I, (laughs) no, we create, we make this big thing in our head and then we never do it, right? No, absolutely not. You have no excuse. Start with two minutes, but start. (laughs) That's it. Or just like Jamie said, if you feel yourself getting nuts, Right? If you feel yourself getting nuts, walk outside and put your bare feet in grass and close your eyes and just focus on the breath. You know? Mm-hmm. All right. I think that was awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Yeah, thank you so much, you guys. And uh, stay tuned. Subscribe. Or wait, no, follow. It's fo- is it following us on Spotify? Follow us on Spotify. Um Please share. Yeah, I'm um, share. You know, if you hear, if you listen, if you like us, share uh, share about us on Facebook. And we absolutely appreciate all the feedback that we get because we want to talk about what's most important to you. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. So, uh, thank you all so much, and we are sending you all so much love. Bye. <laughs>